Fasten your seatbelts. I'm taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car really is. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I am the monster the breathing men would kill. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. I go out of my way for you. I do everything to try and make you happy. I feed you, I clean you, I dress you, and what thanks do I get? I am so, so sorry. Oh, you're fucked. Oh, you I am the writing on the wall, the whisper in the classroom. Without these things, I am nothing. So now, I must shed innocent blood. Dinner is served. Save yourself from hell. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week. 30 years in the making. <laughs> Evil voice, evil laugh means that it's got to be October, which means it's got to be Scary Movie Month, which means Pat's not here. Um, you know, I, I I told him, like I warned him ahead of time. I'm like, Pat, October, steal yourself. We've done this for like six years now. Get ready for it. And he's like, no, oh, man, I got it. I got it. Scary movies. I'm good. And then he chickens out on me. That's not true. He's actually running late from a work thing. If he's able to join us this episode, he will. He's not a wimp. He might fall asleep during movies but he will not back down. He is just that kind of guy. So, Pat, we love you. Hopefully you're able to make it in for this episode. But um, if you're not, that's okay, because I have a superstar guest host with me tonight. I've got Rob Perry. He's one of our Patreon co-executive producers. Um, and as we learned last year, uh, one of the uh, – should I call you like a master of scary movies? Do you, do you, feel, uh, do you feel like you're at master level? Uh, not master level. Not master level? No, okay. I, 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 no, just just a, a turbo fan. Oh, turbo fan. Okay, that works. That works. Give me a turbo fan. Um, so we have got, uh, for tonight's episode, we have got Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Um, but we have a ton of great movies that, uh, we've got a ton of great movies we covered in the past. So you can always go check out some of the older ones that we've done as well. But um, this month, we are racking it up with Silence of the Lambs. So we did that one last time. Um, that was a fun. Some of you may still be listening to it because it was over three hours long. Um, it uh, we did that with the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast, guys, where we kind of uh, compared and contrasted Silence of the Lambs with the original Psycho, because I don't recognize the other one, and uh, M from 1931. So we compared all three of those movies for that. So it is a mega combo extravaganza spectaculario whatever you want to call it. It's like three and a half hours long. Um, so go check that one out. Uh, this episode, we got Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Next week is Sleeping with the Enemy. And then we're going to round out the month with The People Under the Stairs. Uh, if you are one of our Patreon co-executive producers, like Rob, um, you can also find this month, we're going to be doing Evil Dead from 1981. So I am very excited to do that one. Huge Evil Dead series fan. So looking forward to that one too. Um, I've been talking this whole time. Rob? How are you doing? I'm doing great. And uh, I wish I was coming in on a different Elm Street sequel, but <laughs> here we are. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, and we'll, we'll get into this as we talk about it, but um, I, I will say I am probably a very, very casual fan, probably not even a turbo fan of the Nightmare on Elm Street series. The ones that I've seen, I've enjoyed, well, 
most of the ones I've seen, I've enjoyed, uh, especially the very first one, like the original Nightmare on Elm Street. That is far and above. That is the absolute best. Uh, one of my favorite 80s horror movies of all time. Um, you know, that one, absolutely, you know, two thumbs up, and then I'll chop off the thumb of somebody else and hold that one up, too, because um, I feel like that's what Freddie would do. Um, that, that one, yes. This one, eh, no. <laughs> not, not quite so much. I, You know, I, again, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but, you know, with the title of, like, Freddie's Dead, I'm like, good. Great. It's... Please, it, it's about time. Um, as, as a friend, as a friend of mine said today, when I told him I was going to join you for this, I said, "Yeah, hey, I'm going to go go on and talk about Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare." And he said, "Well, Freddy's not dead, just, but but please, somebody put him out of his misery." <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this one was um, this was a little rough. It was a, it was a bit of a... to, to be kind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but it'll be a fun one to talk about, but a little, uh, little rough when compared to some of the other ones. Um, and, and when I say I'm a casual fan, if you were to even ask me, you know, of the other Nightmare on Elm Street movies, and I'm, I'm fairly certain that I have seen all the movies up to this point, up to because I think this is number six. That is correct. Yeah, it's number six. Um, so I've seen all the other ones up to this point, but admittedly. I, I probably couldn't even tell you if you told me, well, there's this sequence that happens in the movie. I'm not sure if I could tell you exactly which Nightmare on Elm Street that occurred in. I would know if it happened in the first one. I'd probably have a pretty good sense if maybe it happened in like the second or third one. But kind of beyond that, it all blends together for me a little bit. And then as a kid, when I was way too young, um, I would watch the uh, was it the New Nightmares TV series. Freddy's Nightmares. Yeah, Freddy's Nightmares. Freddy's Nightmares. New Nightmares is one of the other movies. Um, but yeah, Freddy's Nightmares. I would watch that. I'd, I'd stay up late at night, sneak into the living room, and I'd put that on. And that terrified me as well as a little kid. I was probably like 10 at the time I was watching it, like way too early to be watching that stuff. Um, and I, I feel like sometimes I've got segments from that TV show that blends in with all the other Elm Street movies and, and stuff like that. So... Um, so yeah, so I will, uh, my, my knowledge of the nightmare on Elm street is not encyclopedic. We'll put it that way, but I, I definitely, I definitely love the very, very first one and, and really do enjoy most of the rest of the series up until about where we are for this evening. So well, where, where your knowledge has gaps, I'm, I'm here to fill in any gaps that, there we go. that you need filled. There we go. Thank you. Um, so yeah, so very excited to be here with you tonight. Very excited for, always excited for October. Um, you and I were talking a little bit before we started recording about, you know, just this being the fun month of, you know, it, it, it's our month to pick the movies. You know, whatever we're yes. watching, we're picking the movies. Um, do you have, so you'd mentioned that, that, you know, you and your wife kind of take turns picking movies. Um, do you have any of those, do you do any of those like um, watch lists? Or I know some people will do like, in the month of October, they're going to do, you know, 31 movies in 31 days or, you know, I'm going to watch all the movies by this director or do you do anything like that? Do you have any like a structured way that you approach horror movies in October? Well, since since my wife and I have been together uh, about about 13, 14 years now, um, 
she's kind of, you know, like I've seen that I've seen that, you know, I'll pull out certain ones that, that I, I definitely have to watch around Halloween season. And one of the, one of the top ones I'll recommend to anybody is, is a fairly recent one. And that's uh, Michael Doherty's trick or treat, the anthology movie. Um, it's outstanding. It's all, it's all about the Halloween season. Um, if, if people haven't seen that, um, and you want a good Halloween themed Halloween movie, I would start, absolutely start there. Um, another one that I, that I pull out, of course, is my favorite horror film of all time. And that's the original Night of the Living Dead. Yes. Definitely got to squeeze that one in somewhere. And you mentioned, uh, Psycho, the original Psycho. Uh, and even Psycho 2 is is a, a very good watch. Uh, it's it's surprising how good of a sequel that is for such an outstanding entry. You know, a, a movie that absolutely did not, nobody was asking for a sequel, and it took a lot of guts to make a sequel to Psycho. And it actually, Psycho 2 is actually a very well made follow up. Um, so uh, it, those those are my top ones. Um, I'll. I'll, I'll throw in a event horizon. Um, yes. uh, another one I watched the other night. It, it's still a fun, fun eighties horror film is fright night. Yes. Uh, with uh, Roddy, Roddy McDowell and William Ragsdale and the wonderful Chris Sarandon uh, as, as the next door neighbor, Jerry Dandridge, who is a vampire. Yeah. It's those, those are some, some of the ones that I will go back to well with yeah. every Halloween season. Yeah. Yeah, that was, and you mentioned, you mentioned your all-time favorite, the original Night of the Living Dead. We, I want to say it was maybe a couple of years ago now, um, introduced that one to my son. And I was like, okay, all right, you're, you're about 13. You're probably about ready for this. Like, I, I was trying to remember first time I watched it, and I was like, okay, well, I know it's, I know it's black and white, and I know it's, I'm like, but part of me is like, just because it's black and white, like, that doesn't make it any less... <laughs> actually maybe more so um you know the intensity of some of the scenes and and i was like all right, all right do, do i'm really gonna show this to a 13 year old yeah sure why not let's do it uh so we did so i think it was one of the times either my daughter was at a sleepover at, at somebody else's house and um <clears throat> so we my wife and i've done that with him a few times um when he was even a little bit younger he wanted to watch the sixth sense so it was one of those nights where my daughter is off you know uh, sleep over at somebody else's house or at my sister's house. One time we did six cents. One time we did poltergeist. Um, and this, one of these last times it was the original night of the living dead. And, uh, yeah. And he, I, he was like, okay, I thought poltergeist was kind of scary. I thought six cents was kind of scary. This thing was scary. And I was like, yeah, it no, it's, it's like deceiving. Cause you as a kid, when you're looking at it, you're going, oh, it's black and white. It's from the 60s. Okay, just because just because it's quote unquote you know to you quote unquote old uh, and in black and white does not make it any less scary, my friend. Very true. I need to introduce you to some more Hitchcock too. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Hitch, Hitchcock. I mean, you, you go with Rear Window or Vertigo or uh, even even it, though it's not much of a horror movie, but North by Northwest is a just a yeah. fantastic film. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, you really can't go wrong with Hitchcock. No. All right. Well, yeah. So tonight we are going to be talking about the nightmare on Elm street. Freddy's dead. The final nightmare. Very, very quickly. Um, we spoil, we're just going to talk freely. So this is kind of your only spoiler warning here at the very beginning here. 
Uh, also, very quickly, the 30-something movie podcast is part of the Scene Stealers podcast network. Um, you can check out some of the other shows there by going to www.scenestealersglobal.com. They are also an international convention agent who has a top-class roster of movie and TV stars ready to be booked for your Comic-Con or event. So if you're looking for that kind of stuff, I know a lot of places are are starting to reopen and, and starting to get more Comic-Cons and uh, autograph signings and things like that kind of up and running again. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, C2E2 opening up in Chicago in December. Um, so I know a lot of that stuff is starting to open up. If you're looking for celebrities to come and sign or just be there at your event for meet and greets, things like that, head on over to scenestealersglobal.com. Uh, and they have got a list of a lot of different, especially great uh, 80s and 90s um, actors and actresses, uh, some Cobra Kai folks. I think there's a whole group of Cobra Kai actors in there. Um, all kinds of great stuff. So go check them out. And then after you've checked them out, or before, however you want to do that, whatever order, it's it's fine. We're not going to tell you what to do. Uh, you can go to our pod, our website uh, for our podcast, 30 30podcast.com where you can leave a rating for the show leave us a voicemail because we'd love to hear from you um, and become a co-executive producer via Patreon where you do get that monthly extra episode um, where we cover a movie that might be related in some way or it's hitting some other kind of a milestone so like this month is uh, Evil Dead from 1981 so it is hitting its 40th anniversary this year so all kinds of other great stuff there uh, and you get access to those episodes if you join us over there on Patreon So, uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump on into Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. So this one came out on the 13th of September, 1991. It was rated R with a runtime of one hour and 29 minutes, although it felt maybe a little longer than that in some stretches. Um, It was directed by Rachel, every time I tried to say, I practiced her name. Talalay. Talalay? Okay, thank you. Because I got stuck. It was like trying to say M. Night Shyamalan. And I got stuck. Every it was like Shamalamal, Shamalamading. Nope. Okay. Okay. Tal- Talalay. Did I say that right? Correct. Good. Okay. Rachel Talalay. Uh, she also directed Tank Girl and some episodes of Sherlock, the TV series. Producer was Robert Shea and Aaron Warner. Shea also did Freddy vs. Jason. Warner did the Shrek movies. Uh, Rachel Talalay also did the story for this one. Uh, and then Michael DeLuca did the screenplay. Talalay also wrote An Introvert's Guide to High School. DeLuca also wrote In the Mouth of Madness and Judge Dredd. Uh, I believe that's the 95 Judge Dredd, not the Dredd other one. Uh, Cinematography done by Declan Quinn, who also did the cinematography for Hamilton and Breakfast on Pluto. Editor was Janice Hampton, who did Pump Up the Volume and House Party 2. Music by Brian May, who died in 1997. Also did the music for Mad Max and Cloak and Dagger. Budget was $11 million. Box office was $34.9 million. Flick Metrics, which combines Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, and Letterboxd, gives it a 43%, and Cinema Score did not even bother. Starring Robert England as Freddy Krueger. Gum to Freddy. Uh, he was in the Nightmare on Elm Street movies and the TV series V, uh, the original. I don't think he was in the remake that they did a few years ago. Uh, Lisa Zane plays Maggie Burrows. She was in The Nurse and Bad Influence. Leslie Dean was Tracy. She was in 976 Evil and Pulp Fiction. Shocked beyond measure to find out that she was the gimp. I was like, wow, me. okay. Really? That's something I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm looking around at a couple of different things that it mentioned, and she was the gimp in Pulp Fiction. I was like, well, hold on. Really? All right. Well, <laughs> I, need a, I need a sound effect. The more you know. Da, 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 da. 
Uh, Ricky Dean Logan uh, played Carlos, who actually, in case anybody's wondering, when I mentioned the Scene Stealers website earlier, uh, Ricky Dean Logan is one of the people that is on Scene Stealers that you can get for your event. So if you want to go get him for your event and then ask him about um, Nightmare on Elm Street 6, you could totally do that. Uh, but Ricky Dean Logan played Carlos. He was in the Back to the Future movies and Psychotherapy. Brecken Meyer played Spencer. He was in Clueless and Road Trip. Yafet Kato, who died in 2021, played Doc. He was in Alien, loved his character in Alien, um, and The Running Man. Uh, Tom Arnold, one of my favorite things about his character in Alien is just all those scenes where he's like, hey, are we going to get paid for the, you know, can't we, I, we should be getting more more money, and, and uh, you know, I just, I don't know, it's, I think this stuff is going to take a long time to, to fix, and, and all of a sudden somebody's like, well, you know, if we don't go do this, you get no money at all. Oh, I'm just kidding. You know, we're totally up for whatever whatever you guys need to do. You know, just let me know. And I, I just I love his whole his whole attitude. You know, it just... <laughs> Park Parker is one of the best characters anyway. Yes, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then surprisingly, but that maybe not surprisingly, maybe this kind of sums up the the vibe of the movie. Uh, Tom Arnold and Roseanne Barr are also in this movie playing the, thank you. The eye roll is the, for those who can't see, because this is an audio podcast, um, (laughs) Rob gave a very appropriate eye roll when I mentioned their two names. Uh, They play the childless man and childless woman. Uh, Tom, Tom Arnold was also in true lies and exit wounds. And Roseanne was also in look who's talking to and she devil. Murderous ghoul Freddy Krueger has slaughtered every last child in his hometown. He ventures onto a new location, scouting fresh young victims to hack up with his finger blades. He arrives in a small town in which his long-lost daughter, Maggie, works as a therapist for troubled youths. He attempts to recruit her for his dastardly pursuits, but she has other ideas. Father and daughter meet for a bloody showdown that will determine Freddy's fate once and for all. As a boy, he was always different. No one understood him. You ready for it, boy? It's time to take your medicine. Thank you, sir. No one could control him. (laughs) Go inside, honey. But now, it's a new beginning. The beginning of the end for Freddy. Every town has an Elm Street. It's your mind to go for. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little soul, too. We're gonna have to hit him with everything we've got. Now I'm playing with power. We're in Twin Peaks here. Gotta be me and him. You wanna live? Maggie, what's up? What's with kids today, huh? Freddy's dead. The final nightmare. Great graphics. They saved the best. 
for last. Did they? Did they really? <laughs> no. No, they did not. No. And what was funny is you've got the the way that trailer starts. If you didn't know that it was a Nightmare on Elm Street movie or a horror movie, it's like the way he does his voice at the beginning of the trailer. As a boy, it's like it almost like it almost has that little hint of like maybe it's a family comedy. You know, as a boy, he was just a little bit different. Dun, dun, dun. You know, if the music was just slightly different in there, it would be like, okay, well, hold on. <laughs> what what kind of movie is this? But you know what? Frankly, and, and this is just me dumping my opinion on it right off the bat here. Um, I'm not sure what kind of movie I was watching. So let's go ahead and start with that. We start with one of our typical first questions is one word or a very short phrase. How does this movie make you feel? Um I'm going to say, I was going to say confused, but I don't think I was confused. Hmm. I'm going to say betrayed. I felt betrayed because it wasn't a Nightmare on Elm Street movie or not what I think one should be. So I felt slightly betrayed. I apparently was watching a comedy on Elm Street, not a nightmare on Elm Street. Um, and most of the comedy wasn't even funny. But we'll, we'll talk more. Rob, what would be your, if you had one word or short phrase, how does this movie make you feel? Why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, this is my ticket stub from 9 13. The day that it opened, I went with a buddy of mine yeah. from, uh, I was in high school. I was a freshman in high school when this came out. And I remember going in there and I, I was looking around for the 3D glasses. Oh, yeah. Because the last 10 minutes of the movie were in 3D. And that's that was kind of one of the big selling points. It's like, you're going to see Freddy die in 3D. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember getting in there and reading the instructions on the glasses of when to put them on and everything. Yeah. And. So I'm sitting there and the movie starts. And as soon as I got to the wizard of Oz reference, I was like, Oh no. Oh no. You don't reference a much better movie. <laughs> you don't do that. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, I had suffered through the dream child. I was like, okay, this is the last one. They're going to, they're going to do it right. They're going to write the ship and give him a good sense. No, no, they're not going to give him a good send off. No. no Viking funeral here. Yeah. So that's that's my feeling is why. Yeah. Have you so and this is kind of jumping around just a little bit. Um, I, now I have not seen because this is this is technically the last in the series of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Um, and then you've got Wes Craven's new Nightmare that comes out. I think it's like three years later. Um, is that one much better? Fantastic. It's like okay. Wes Craven came back to the Nightmare on Elm Street series twice. Yeah. He came back and helped uh, co-wrote uh, Dream Warriors, right. which everybody hails as next to the original, the 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 shining moment of the series. That's yeah. when the series, you know, Freddy had really finally taken shape. The movie was fantastical. Uh, it had just the right balance of really good horror elements and Freddy just being a little still kind of scary but just leaning just a little bit more towards the right wisecracking. And then after dream child and then Freddie's dead, I think somewhere along the line, he, he must've felt like a lot of the, a lot of the fans at that point were like, 
this this is how we're going out. This this is what they've done to Freddy. They've they've completely made him an absolute joke. And New Nightmare is Wes Craven coming back, not only making Freddy scary again, but making the storyline super meta. Almost like he was working things out before he would go on and do Scream. Okay. Cause that's because I have not seen New Nightmare. That's one of the other I I have such a long list of watch list movies that I haven't gotten to yet. And New Nightmare is on there. And that's so what I have heard about New Nightmare is that it's is it it basically treats it basically looks at it as if those others were movies, or it looks at it as if they're Correct. making a movie. Yeah, they're making a movie and that yeah. it's like you said, it's kind of meta. It's like they're making a movie about Freddy, but then Freddy is quote unquote real and Yes, okay. uh, Wes, Wes Craven is uh, Heather Langenkamp comes back. Okay. And she's playing Heather Langenkamp. Yeah. And uh, Wes Craven decides that he's going to um, go ahead, you know, come back to the series because he hadn't, the reason he, you know, in the story in the movie is he left because he hadn't had any really good nightmares for a while. And he finally had one. And he's writing a new script and they want to recruit Heather and bring back Robert Englund and get everybody for a really good, a really good nightmare on Elm street movie. And then turns out that Freddie might actually be, you know, real. And uh, in, instead of going after Heather Langenkamp, he's going after Heather Langenkamp's child. And there, you know, there are definitely some really good sequences in there. And Freddie is pretty, uh, when he does show up, he is much more along the lines of part one, part two, Freddie. He's much, much more sinister. Okay, good. He's not this abomination and dream child and Freddie's dead. Okay, good. Cause that's what, I mean, that'll, that's my, probably my biggest critique of this one is Freddie's not scary. Like there's nothing. He just, you know, in some of the other ones, I, actually I was, I was kind of explaining as we're driving home tonight. And of course my, my daughter who's about 10 and she's in no way, shape or form. Is she ready to watch any of these movies? Um, she's much more scared of scary movies than her brother ever was. So it's probably going to be several more years until she'd be even close to being ready. Um, but she was kind of asking, she's like, what's, what's this one about? And I said, well, it's, it's called Freddie's dead final nightmare. Um, and she's like, Freddie, is that the one with the hockey mask? And I'm like, okay, first of all, I don't know how you know what these characters are, but no, that's Jason. That's yeah. Isn't that the one that's at the camp? I'm like, again, yes. And how do you know that? Never mind. We'll, we'll talk about this later. Um, I was like, no, Freddie's the guy that's got like the burned face. He's like, oh yeah. He's got the knife finger. So like, again, that's kind of scary that you know these things. Um, but, uh, yeah, then I was kind of explaining, I was like, yeah, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't good. Of course. And then she wants to know, she's like, why, why wasn't it good? And I said, well, because in the earlier ones, Freddie's actually scary. You know, he's, he comes after people in their dreams. So the whole idea is you can't fall asleep or else he's going to get you. Um, and you know, he kind of, and my wife hasn't really watched the nightmare on Elm street movies either. So I'm kind of explaining to her as well. I'm like, well, it just, it wasn't it wasn't scary. Like the original ones, I, I remember as a kid watching Nightmare on Elm Street and being terrified of that movie. I probably saw it when I was about eight. It was the first time I saw the first Nightmare on Elm Street, and I was terrified. And even re-watching it, because that's one of the first movies we ever did for this podcast, was Nightmare on Elm Street. Even re-watching it years later, and I had watched it a few times in like middle school and high school, um, still scary. 
but a good balance of it it it's actually a horror movie that has those scary and terrifying elements with when there is humor it's almost more of a if you're laughing at it it's an uncomfortable laugh mm-hmm. it's like a morbid humor to it and that is that's where it's good like that's where freddy is good is when it's this morbid humor when it's these and that was the best analogy I had for my daughter. I was like, you know how you hate it when I do all the dad jokes? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, this is basically what should have been a horror movie, but the bad guy, the evil guy, the guy that's supposed to be scary, is really just telling a bunch of dad jokes the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, there's there's no other way of putting it. I mean, that's what, by you know, I think the Dream Master is where it started really going yeah. Uh, the Dream Master, I still I still think is a good sequel. That's that's the fourth one. That's the follow up to Dream Warriors. The Dream Child is just absolutely ridiculous, mm-hmm. and Fr- Freddy is absolutely a joke throughout that movie. And then it just it was more of the same in this one. And it you know when you when you're it, and it's almost like Freddy's not in on the joke. It's not like Robert Englund's. You know, there, there's that's one thing I noticed watching it this time around there's a lot of fourth wall breaks with Freddie. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, you're, you're winking at the audience, but we're not winking back. We're, yeah. we're, we're not, you know, it, it's, it's a mess. I mean, this movie is, is really a mess for, for a, a franchise that had been established and had so much success. And, um, I mean, it, it, it's so hard to, to, I mean, because going and looking at this movie critically, it has a lot of elements that could have made it interesting. But when you start off in the beginning and it's like, he's killed all the teenagers in this town. I'm like, so everybody just stopped having kids. I mean, you're already starting with a ridiculous premise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it, it goes on from there and, and you're like, okay, it, he, this one kid who's lost his memory stumbles into uh, basically an orphanage for troubled teenagers. There you've got something there because that, that reminds a lot of people of dream warriors, you know, where they're all, you know, kids stuck in an insane asylum because they're refusing to go to sleep and have tried to kill themselves. And you know, there's, there's, there's something a little dark and macabre there. And then they, what they do do with it isn't isn't satisfying uh you, you you have the one girl tracy who was uh you know abused by her father and what should be an absolutely creepy crazy scene where she confronts her dad and in, in dream form is goofy and you should not take something like child abuse and make it goofy and, and the one kid carlos who i think is probably the most is the only well-rounded character in the entire movie. Uh, he's, you know, you find out that his mom caused him to go deaf by, by abusing him. And then his death sequence is Freddie just doing joke stuff. And it's like, this could actually be terrifying, Yeah, but it's all played for, played for gags and, and jokes. And it's not scary at all. Yeah, it, and, and I'm I'm glad you said that, especially about the scenes where when we know that Tracy was abused by her dad, and and I kept I thought the exact same thing. I'm watching this. I'm like, okay, this is this. I feel like this part's going to be a little rough, and then it wasn't, and it was it was very goofy, yeah. and it made me think about 
I felt like I felt like I'm trying to remember if that was chapter one or chapter two. Um, it, the newer version of it that came out, um, and they had some of the scenes where the where the girl who's abused by her father, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, um, and you know, and, and those were creepy. Like those scenes were creepy. The the father was creepy. You knew kind of what's going on here. Um, and it was handled the way that it should be. And this scene made me think of that. I'm like, oh God, this is going to be like that scene in it with Beverly. And it's going to be, and then I was like, oh no, it's not. Okay. <laughs> it's yeah, it's like, because child abuse is hysterical, John. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've, I've always thought <laughs> that if, if Pat was on here tonight, he would also tell you child abuse is hysterical. That that's his one thing he's really passionate about. Yeah. It, you know, and, and, and that's, I mean, this is not, not the type of thing you go for, go for jokes for. And I can't believe that it was, you know, it, it, I'm going to sound really sexist here. And I'm not trying to be sexist, but for the director and the writer, Rachel Talalay, to have, have come up with this screenplay and treat something as serious and damaging as child sexual abuse, a girl being abused by her father with such um, flippant, uh, it, such a flippant approach is kind of upsetting to me. And, and I, I think it didn't bother me as much when I was younger, but now seeing it, you know, being much older and looking at it through a very different set of eyes, like this, this should be really disturbing. And the, the audience should be cringing at this scene, not, oh, you know, she beats his face in, and it's all, all twisted and it looks like silly putty. It was like, no sugar for daddy. Oh, come on. No. And, and the, the whole idea in, in, of, of introducing a child in the sixth part of the franchise right. <laughs> that Freddie had this long lost daughter. And because she was taken away from him was the reason he went after all the kids. Okay. Had they, develop that better maybe even earlier in the series it might have been interesting but it just felt like it was a shoehorned in plot plot device to to try and give freddy his ultimate death and it it just doesn't work there's a whole bunch of kernels of things that could have been good in this movie i mean and yafet kodo you know may he rest in peace he's completely wasted in this movie absolutely wasted and every every movie he was, I just saw a movie with him that I had never seen before with uh, Robert Redford called um, Brubaker, mm-hmm. and it's uh, Robert Redford go is a is a prison warden uh, and goes to reform this very nasty prison, and Yafa Kota's in it, and he's absolutely every time he's on screen you're just mesmerized because he, he just has such a presence to him, and to see that a week ago and then re- I rewatched this tonight before we did the recording and i was like oh, wow i mean he must have just needed a paycheck <laughs> badly or something to... yeah so so i mean i, I was a huge fan of, of the freddy freddy series and, and it's it's funny that you talk about about your daughter knowing who he is because i had i i was looking for my 3d glasses from from the uh the theatrical showing and I just have box. I have two big boxes of just a Nightmare on Elm Street merchandise that came out in the late 80s and early 90s. You don't have that for Friday the 13th. You, you had the hockey mask at, at Halloween. Right. And that's about it. But Freddie, uh, there was a Freddie album that was released 
Freddie's greatest hits. I mean, there's board games. There was, this was an R rated franchise that was clearly marketed to children. So I guess I should not be surprised that Freddie turned into an absolute joke by this point in the series, because they had clearly, you know, he was, he was a cult, he was a pop culture icon of the, of the eighties and here, 1991, they, they send him off and in the most ridiculous and silly way possible. Yeah. I, it's funny you say that because I remember as a kid, I would have been by the time this one actually came out in theaters, I would have been, I think 11 years old. Um, and I remember like Freddie being kind of a popular thing for kids to like joke about and talk about. And, and, you know, none of us had really seen, unless we saw it at home or unless our parents had HBO or something like that, you know, we hadn't really seen any of the movies, but that was the one horror character that we all seemed to kind of know about. You know, we didn't really know, like you said, we didn't really know much about Jason. We didn't really know anything about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We didn't know anything about, you know, any of these, you know, these other, even uh, Michael Myers. We didn't really know anything about those. Um, but Freddie, I, for some reason, and, and yeah, I, I, the merchandising of it or, or whatever the case might be, I remember that was the one that as kids we'd all talk about. Or if we wanted to scare each other, you know, we'd, we'd reference Freddy Krueger or something like that. So, yeah, it certainly, it, it definitely, you know, took on a, a very childish feel by the time you reached the end of the series. Um, yeah, I remember we did it and it was starting to, and I think we, we made this comment when we did um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 5, when we did The Dream Child. Um, and that was I think two years ago. We would have done that one. That was 89. So we 89. A couple of, a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. And I remember doing that one. Oh, it's actually, I looked it up really fast. Uh, it's episode number 260, 268 of our podcast, if anybody wants to go back and listen to it. Um, but yeah, I remember that we kind of like, the different segments in that one of, of how people were being tortured or killed. It was like you had the the overeating segment. You had the, you know, comic book superhero Freddy. You had the demonic motorcycle. Um, you know, you had some of that kind of stuff. And I remember at the time when we talked about that one a couple of years ago, I remember kind of being like, all right, this is getting to be a little cartoonish, you know, a little bit. It's it's straying from, you know, it still has moments. It still has definite moments of being nightmarish in some way, not anywhere near as strong as the earlier entries in the series. Um, but then watching this one, and I don't think, I think this is the first time I'd ever seen this one. Um, and watching this one, it I was just like, I, I don't even know what to do with this. <laughs> like it's 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 not it wasn't scary to, the only the only sequence that was even slightly frightening to me um and maybe if i had seen this as a kid that would be different but the only sequence that was slightly frightening to me which then took a turn and was not frightening at all was um when he's got his hearing aid and he has like the demonic hearing aid like starts latching onto his head i'm like okay here we go this is this is like classic freddy this is you know this is what I came here to see. And then it starts it starts going into like all the, the the dripping of the water being too loud and the pin dropping. I honestly thought he was was that sprint that used to have the print pin drop commercial? Yes. Back in the eighties and nineties. I honestly thought he was gonna reference sprint when he dropped those pins. I it was, might have I been was, too I on the nose for them. <laughs> I well, for this movie I'm not sure, but 
I was like two seconds away. When they mentioned Twin Peaks earlier in the movie, I was like, all right, well, we're, we're dating this one just a little bit because a lot of people now may not know what Twin Peaks is. But, but I, was, I was like, oh, please, God, do not, do not reference Sprint. Don't reference the – thankfully, they didn't. But then that whole segment just got to be so outlandish that I was like, okay, what is he – so he's making loud noises. And he seems to recover very quickly from having these loud noises. I would have thought maybe you drop the one pin, he catches it, you drop a bunch of pins, and the noise is so much that, you know, that's when his head starts, you know, leaking blood or it explodes or something. And it just, it it was very cartoonish. And it was, there was no, how do I want to sum up this movie? There was no threat to the movie. Like, I know people were going to die, but it was just like, ha ha, ha ha, joke, joke. Okay, now you're dead. Yeah. I was like, no, that's not you gotta build up the suspense. You gotta you gotta either freak me out, creep me out, gross me out, something leading up to the person's death, build some suspense here. And there was no suspense at all to any of these deaths. Like you said earlier, it got close. In the scene where it was Carlos's mom, you know, getting yep. ready to beat him again, I was like, Okay, well, here we go. This is this was this is Freddy. Here's what I'm this is what I've come for. Nope. Okay. All right, let's move on. So, yeah, I, I think I think to to sum up, and we still got a couple of things to talk about real quick. But I, to sum up, my kind of my feelings on this movie, it's just I think I said at the beginning, betrayed, just just kind of disappointed. You know, yeah, there's it, so much like like you said, there's so much more that could have been done. There's a lot of potential that's yeah. just completely wasted. Yeah, and 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 Rachel Talalay was. Uh, kind of with the series for for quite a long time uh i, I think she, don't quote me on this but i think she was got involved around dream warriors okay <clears throat> and then she she definitely was involved in dream master and unfortunately dream child and then when i heard you know it, there was a part of me it was like oh she's she's gonna direct maybe maybe she's gonna write no no she didn't write the show no it, it was they just went way over the top and, and then again there there's there are definitely again kernels that they could have it's just it feels like they had something but just absolutely could not stick the landing at all it, it was i'm you know a, a gymnast getting ready to jump onto the pole vault and then hits the pole vault and knocks knocks it over and then takes out six teammates at the same time mm-hmm. just just an epic failure of, of execution um and, and I, I remember being in the theater and when Freddie starts playing the game, the, the video game with Spencer, I said, Oh, I, I, I audibly groaned. <laughs> I was like, You've got it. And Spencer gets knocked, you know, his, his father's hitting him with the tennis racket, knocks him into the tree and he goes super Spencer. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, can make it stop. Can that, somebody make it stop? That was that's so funny that you mentioned that. That is the exact moment that I groaned audibly and I was like, all right, well, and I kind of like I was like looking off to the side. Well, there go the rails. Cause I guess we're done here. Yeah. 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 It, it, car, it, like, the whole sequence with, with Carlos, and, and again, I think think that one actor uh was probably the most well rounded of, of everybody, even even in quote unquote, Freddie's daughter, Maggie, uh, he was the only one that I actually, you know, s- sympathized with, 
Um, it, it, and it, it's sad because I, th- I think a lot of the audience would probably sympathize with Tracy, but they just completely mishandle her, her character. And you don't give, you don't really care about, you know, the John Doe at all. I mean, he's just kind of, kind of there to be like, Oh, surprise. He's not Freddie's kid. Like everybody in the audience is like, yeah, no kidding. We knew that (laughs) you're, 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 you're doing the worst telegraphing of, of this storyline possible. Yeah. Uh, So that whole sequence with Carla is, you know, despite how ridiculous it gets, it probably was the only moment in that in the movie that was actually uh, moderately intense. So what did you, we've talked a little bit about it, the whole idea, and this is another piece that I felt was, was a little wasted. Well, not a little wasted, a lot wasted. Um, the whole idea, and you talked about kind of the ridiculousness of bringing in the idea that Freddy's got a child in the sixth movie of the series, that what is supposedly the final movie of the series, let's just bring in a kid. Um, there, there are several ways as I'm watching the movie. And, and again, this was the first time I'd seen this one. As I'm watching the movie, I'm thinking, okay, well, there's a couple of interesting ways they could take this. I don't think this is a very good movie so far, and I don't have high hopes that it's going to end well. Um, But there's a few different ways they could take this. And part of me almost wanted to see, especially when they're having that fight at the end between the two of them, between Maggie and, um, or was it Catherine? I think was her name when she was was a little girl. Catherine, yeah. Um, When they're having that fight at the end, part of me was like, I want her to, and and again, not having seen the movie, I want her, when he loses his glove, I want her to put it on and I want her to become the new Freddy. Like that could be kind of an interesting twist on this. And I'm, I'm like, you know, we're we're trying to, we're trying to dress up a, (laughs) a, a, you know, dress we found in a dumpster. We're trying to fix it up and try to make it look as good as we can. I'm like, so what could we do with this movie where it's not a complete loss at the end? I'm like, well, the idea of, I mean, we've already got most of the movie kind of that one of the themes is like, you know, the children being abused by their parents in different ways, whether it's verbal, physical, um, potentially sexual abuse. Um, and then we've got the whole idea of Freddie having a daughter. What can we do to kind of play with this idea a little bit? And, and part of me in the back of my mind was like, well, wouldn't that be interesting if she took the glove and she kind of started to become freddy a little bit i'm like all right I, I could see that as a as a path they might go and then that didn't even happen and i was like oh all right okay well i got nothing else because <laughs> like i i thought maybe that could a slightly interesting way they could go but then i was like no it's just it's gonna all right so we have the lame ending that we get and it's like of all the other ways in all the other movies that that freddy has been done in by a bunch of teenagers like this one was, I mean, what makes you think Freddie is dead? <laughs> nothing. Exactly. There's nothing. There's nothing special about how he got ended in this movie. Is it because he got ended by his child? Does that make some kind of a difference? If so, please clarify that maybe a little bit more. Or yeah, it just it was kind of a. I, I the movie ended and I was like, all right. Well, anybody else who has any experience with this Freddy Krueger guy knows he's probably still not dead, even though those three worms, you know, flew out of his head and. And uh, now we're going to go look for somebody else. I, I, nothing about his death was special in this one. 
Yeah, no, because because in the very first one, uh, Nancy brings him out of the dream world and into real life, and where she can physically hurt him, and then she, right. she ultimately defeats him by stopping stopping her belief in him. Yeah, this one they just they just supposedly blow him up. Yeah, and it, like, yeah. Okay, he still came back all those other times. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. They they did bury him. I mean, he actually sits there and, and just like like references all the way he's ways he's been been yeah. killed. As he's, and as he's chopping his like, fingers off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it uh, there's it, it, the movie is just an absolute mess. And it, and it, and again, this is this is you know you have all the ones leading leading up to this one, and in each uh, successful sequel, they kind of explain the way freddie got back in this one it starts off freddie's just here yeah everything that happened it's like it's like the dream child dream master those those previous three movies it's like it, they never defeated freddie he's just here just shows up yeah somehow he uh ran around spring springwood and killed killed every single kid that was that was still living there and now he's deciding to move on Again, when you start with a ridiculous premise, I, I guess we should not have expected anything more when you start out with, he's killed all the kids in Springwood. Yeah. All of them. And the parents are suffering from a psychosis where they're going to the fair and Tom Arnold and Roseanne Barr <laughs> happen to be hanging out there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And then a couple of years later, Wes Craven comes back and just just puts a nice capper on it until we get Freddy versus Jason, which I know a lot of people absolutely hate that movie. I absolutely adore it. Okay. Because it's every everything, it's it's it tells you from the very beginning. We're not taking anything seriously. We're here to get 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 you from set piece to set piece where we're gonna have some really incredible special effects. We're gonna have some really good Freddy stuff. We're gonna have some really good Jason stuff. And oh, by the end, you're gonna have 15 minutes, 15 full minutes of them beaten the ever-loving crap out of each other and that's all you want to see yeah yeah um so quick question for you because i've I've got like i said i have not seen the new nightmare so i I gotta put that on my list and um actually i was looking it up and i i think it's on hbo max right now so i know what i'm doing after we're done recording tonight um but what about the was it the 2010 the jackie earl haley um from what i've heard from a lot of folks is it's not good at all, and from some people, skip it. And I'm just kind of curious. I, that one I have not seen either. Um, I have liked Jackie Earl Haley and some other things. So when I first heard that he was going to be taking over Freddy Krueger, I was like, oh, well, that's intriguing. Like he's he's done creepy before. I could see him. I could see him pulling this off. Um, but everything I've heard from anybody whose opinion I trust, they're like, nope, you can just skip that one. Don't even bother absolutely skip it the 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 friday the 13th reboot remake is excellent okay this this they they did everything almost everything you could do wrong with the character of freddie they do even with an outstanding actor like jackie earl haley who i mean if if anybody isn't familiar with him you just watch him and watch them yeah He's absolutely fantastic as Rorschach in that movie. He steals every scene that he's in, and that's a that's a pretty good ensemble cast. But yeah, yeah so I, so I I felt the same way. I was like, okay, this guy's pretty decent. And then you go in and see him, and they, they do have some really good sequences with him as Freddy, where he's he's a little intense, a little scary. Then the movie takes a turn where they try to make Freddy sympathetic. 
big, big mistake. You don't make a child killer, a child molester no. sympathetic. It's yeah. it's just not not something you can do. Yeah. For them to even try just completely ruins ruins any premise, any any promise the movie could have had. They yeah. just destroy it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yep. I will I will skip that one. <laughs> that one that one is a definite definite miss. I'll take that one off the off the watch list. Yeah, that's kind of what I'd heard. So yeah, don't uh, sometimes just don't mess with the monsters. Let them be monsters. You know, yeah. we don't have to. We don't have to know everybody's backstory. Yeah, Fre- Freddie is as a character set up in the first one yeah. is scary enough. Yeah. He was a child killer, and parents went and got their revenge. And because they went and got their revenge, he was like, "Well, I'm going to keep on killing your kids, but you can't get me. You can't touch me. Right? I'm going to find a way to continue killing your kids where where." they're not safe no matter what you do and yeah. and you can't stop me this time yeah that's that's a really simple character background and it's an interesting one because it, it's 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 the it was the 80s you know it's like the justice system has failed us let's get our own vigilante justice whoops <laughs> we made things worse yeah yeah well and that's that's one of the other things about this movie especially in the scenes when they are fighting back against freddy when you've got some kind of a monster or a creature, I lose almost all credibility for that monster or creature when someone else can get the upper hand on them physically. Like that really, for me, when you've got a movie like this, when you've got a character like this, and especially somebody like Freddy, it's a little bit different if it's somebody like a, a Michael Myers or a Jason Voorhees who they are actually in the physical world, and yes, maybe you can knock them down or you can trip them or I, I don't know. Um, that's even a little bit different. But for somebody like Freddy, who exists in the dream world, and he's supposed to have full mastery over this dream world, you know, he's, he's <laughs> it's it might be their dream, but it's his rules. Um, when that's the case, any time that, a character can knock him down or kick him a few times or hit him a few times. Or I, I just, I start, I start going, no, that you've, you've lost me. You've lost all credibility for the creature. Cause I need it to be for me. I'm like, I need it to be something almost insurmountable, like the alien or the predator or the something like, like you can't fight this thing physically especially if it exists in the dream world, I don't want to see that creature or monster overcome physically. Like then I just, it, it, it knocks me out of the movie and this one in particular, when they're able to fight him and knock him down and like get the upper hand on him physically, I'm like, Nope, you've lost me again. Like you've already lost me five or six times in this movie, but you've lost me again. Cause that it just, it, it, it takes any fear. Um, or dread away from the character that should be the most fearful thing in the movie. And and honestly, having, again, having not seen this movie before I'm watching the movie and I'm the ones I have seen more recently have been, you know, the original nightmare on Elm street. Um, and I want to say, uh, dream child. We just did a couple years ago. So dream child, I think I watched dream warriors maybe about a year ago. So, you know, that's, I think, and that one was the third one. So one, three and one, three and four, uh, or no one, three and five have been the ones that I've watched most recently. And 
I'm watching this one and, and I'm like, all right, I know that that's Robert England, but it's so stupid. I'm not sure it's Robert England. Did they just do like a really good makeup job to get him to look like Robert? Cause I feel like Robert England wouldn't do this, but maybe he did. And so then I had to go look. I was like, all right, IMDb, let's take a look. Oh, it is him. He must have needed a paycheck. <laughs> well, actually, he gets top billing. It says, yeah. you know, when the, when the credits start coming in, it says Robert England yeah. in Freddy's Dead at the final night. Right. Like, and, I, and I didn't even believe it. I was like, but, but, but it, this is not, huh. <laughs> it's just, I couldn't even form words. I was so, like, disappointed and i was so just like i can't i know what freddie is like and i know the originals and i know that and this is just so far from that i mean you want you want to talk law of diminishing returns this is the example that proves <laughs> the law of diminishing returns yeah that the, the the first four films in the series i mean it, it, of the first four dream master i think is is probably the weakest but it's still an actual fun movie mm -hmm. Um, kills are really good. Set pieces are really good. Uh, characters are interesting. They actually take time to kind of develop the characters. Not as well. They're not well as well fleshed out as the, the characters in the first three films. And a lot of people, it, there's a great documentary on uh, Shutter. When you get to the the second film, if that's not one you've gone back and and revisited. There's a lot going on in that one. There is a lot going on in the second one. And it really, it's kind of an allegorical film for coming out it really and it and they they all swear that they weren't intending it to be that way but yeah. the the lead actor in it is gay okay the director was gay so it was subliminal and and the Makes documentary sense. is called scream queen oh okay and it, it is about the making of a nightmare on elm street 2 and how it kind of like audiences back and when it came out were like what is going on with this and I remember seeing it as a kid and, and like thinking that that was the last time. I mean, there's, there's a sequence in that where, where uh, Freddie comes into the real world and just starts massacring everybody at a pool party. And it's probably one of the scariest Elm street sequences in the entire series. Yeah. Because he's just going, going through the party, just slashing people into pieces. And, um, it has, has the great line. You are all my children now. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, so the, there was the, the film, the films were, were so, so solid. In fact, Dream Master, I think up, up, up for a long time was, you know, after the third one, the highest grossing of the entire series. And then comes their dream child and Freddie's dead. And it's just, just a precipitous drop yeah. in quality and enjoyability and, and rewatchability. Yeah. All right. Well, we do have three questions. Do we have anything else we want to say about Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare, or should we let this one end? I I think the the one thing that I would I would just just one thing that uh I it, it, one thing that di that I did get out of this movie when I when I saw it way back in ninety one, uh, it was the first time I had ever heard in Agata Davida. <laughs> I had, had no idea who Iron Butterfly was, but I, I just remember coming back home. And I was just like trying to describe the song to my dad, and it, and then it, it like 
couple hours later, they happened to show an advertisement on TV and that was playing. He was like, Oh, that's, that's an iron butterfly. And I got a DeVita. He's like, it's, yeah, it's a 20 minute song. And I'm like, I actually rushed out and got the CD yeah. <laughs> and it's just a minor thing. And, and I mean, another, th- another thing about, about the movie, the, the, uh, the DVD box set that came out years and years ago was probably the first DVD box set that I ever got and has oh, yeah. all, all of the films in it. It actually has for the Freddy's dead one. The, the final 10 minutes is in the 3d, which helps that much <laughs> because yeah. the, the 3d effect, the 3d sequence is, is really kind of cool, especially coming out in 91 when, you know, the, 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 the early eighties had that all the horror movies, like when you got to the third one, it had to be in 3d. You had mm-hmm. Friday the 13th, you had Amityville, um, and, and uh jaws 3d right um for better or for worse <laughs> but, but this was still the old uh the old type of 3d that that had been updated in the 80s and it's i don't know whether new line was like um we know this is so bad we've got to do a get a tack on a gimmick to help sell sell tickets but um, watching it again today, the, the 3D sequence is is fun, d- despite how ridiculous everything else is going on around you. So now we can put the nail in the coffin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, would, I would be curious to see that last part in 3D. I think that'd be, you know, just gimmicky wise, it'd, it'd be kind of fun to see that piece. But yeah. All right. Well, on that note, we've got three questions. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. Oh, are they psychos? Or? We all go a little mad sometimes. Quid pro quo. I tell you things, you tell me things. I'm not interrupting anything, am I? You really look deep in thought. So I'll ask you the questions and then we'll see, all right? All right, three questions. First of our three questions, have you ever had any recurring nightmares? Yes, uh, and it's probably one a lot of people have. Um, it's, it's one where I'm a week before graduating college and suddenly I have not been going to a class all semester that I need to graduate. <laughs> and I'm scrambling at the last minute trying to figure out how am I going to tell my parents? How am I going to make th- make this up? I'm not going to graduate. And I'm, I'm 44 years old now. And I still have that every other month. Uh, just, just a weird situation where I haven't been going to, to this one class or I, I I'm somehow credit shy from something I should have taken my, my freshman year and I'm not going to graduate. My parents are, are packed up and are on their way. So that's that's about it. No no monsters, nothing, nothing scary. Just something that that if, if it were to happen in real life would be devastating in a in a whole different realm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I there's two in particular. Um, actually, there's one when I was a little kid. The house that we lived in. Uh, I grew up in Texas. And the house we the houses were. I mean, the house was big, um, as are all things in Texas. Um, and we had this, 
where my bedroom and my sister's bedroom were was at one end of the house. And then, you know, it was, it was a one story house. So instead of, you know, going up, obviously these houses went out. Um, and so it was one story house. Our bedrooms were on one end of this really ridiculously long hallway. Um, and as a kid, it felt like a crazy long hall, like nightmare long hallway. Um, and no windows on either side, like no, nothing but hallway for this entire stretch. And then it was my parents' room and the living room were on the other sides of that. And there was a little, um, just like a little bathroom, just a sink and a toilet. Uh, we're right at the beginning of this hallway. Other than that, a long stretch of just wall on both sides of you. No openings, no windows, no nothing. And I used to have these nightmares where I thought I was awake and I was getting up to like go to my parents' room and ask them a question or see if they were up for the morning or whatever. And I'd start walking down the hallway and I'd feel like something was behind me. And then I would turn and it was one of those like classic, the hallway starts getting longer kind of deals. That was the one I had as a kid. The one I've had my entire life from, and I'm going to assume it's the first time I watched uh, Unsolved Mysteries until now is I've had a recurring nightmare where I am driving, even as a kid, I'm driving in a car down a wooded road, like through the hills, in a forest, whatever it might be. I'm the only car on the road. And all of a sudden, I my entire body just gets goosebumps and the electricity goes out in the car. And there's no lights around. Everything is pitch black. The car rolls to a stop. The electricity is out, and all of a sudden I start feeling presences around me, um, and a big spotlight comes down on my car, and I'm being abducted by aliens. Oh, uh, you have you have a fire in the sky? I, it's, I'd never and I'd never seen fire in the sky before. I started having that that nightmare, and I watched it since then. I'm like, somehow I watched this before I watched it because that's mm. <laughs> that's that's exactly what it was. Um, I do, I blame, um, unsolved mysteries cause my dad loved that show. And I feel like there were several episodes that had the exact same description. And I'm sure I picked that up as a kid and, and my brain ran with it. Unsolved mysteries messed up a lot of people our age. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that theme song and I'm like, unsolved mysteries time for me to shut off the TV. Yep. <laughs> Um, and interesting side note about that. Um, Netflix, I guess, has been doing some newer episodes of that. And when I was, was it middle school? I, I think it was my eighth grade year. Um, we went to go live in the town where my, where my mom and dad met and went to high school, where my grandparents all lived. So little town in Southwest Missouri. And, uh, we went to go live there for a year and I always remember somebody telling a story about a murder that had happened in that little, and it's little tiny town, like not a lot of people there. I want to say at that point, less than 1500 people in this town. And I remember there always being these rumors about a murder happening. And I always kept thinking, yeah, that's just like kids trying to scare each other. So my sister is watching the new unsolved mysteries on Netflix and she like texts me and calls me and she's like, you're not going to believe this. There's an entire episode about Cassville, Missouri on Unsolved Mysteries. I'm like, how does anybody know about Cassville, Missouri? And it was the entire, it was that whole murder rumor uh, that the kids were all talking about. And I was like, okay, that's strange. <laughs> it was like, of, of anything, I'd never expect this tiny little town to show up on Unsolved Mysteries, but... No, many, many, many sleepless nights. Thanks to thanks to just the theme song. I don't even. I didn't even need to watch the episode. 
all I had to hear was the theme song and nope, I'm out. So all right. Um question number two. If they were going to make a new Nightmare on Elm Street series now, uh, so we talked about, obviously, there's Robert England, and they've had Jackie Earl Haley give it a try. Um, is there an actor that's around now that you would look at and say, I think that person could attempt to pull off a good Freddy Krueger? I, I was really trying to give this thought, and I just kept thinking of what was the one thing that the person would need, and that would be charisma. And what nowadays, when I think of an actor with charisma, um, who can be evil, but also slightly, and I, I don't want to say charming because you don't want a charming Freddy Krueger. No. But Jeffrey D. Morgan, his work on The Walking Dead as Negan has just been absolutely, probably saved that show um, from me shutting it off yeah. because of how ridiculous. <laughs> Pardon me. It, it has become. I, I gave up a few years ago. I haven't. <laughs> yeah, he, he is absolutely outstanding on that. And he also played the comedian in Watchmen. Yes. So it, it's funny that Watchmen, you know, you have the Jackie Earl Haley who's already attempted Freddy Krueger. Yeah. But I, I can't really think of anybody else because I he was absolutely menacing as Negan in the earlier episodes of the walking dead when he, he first came on. So I, I just can't think Robert Englund is to me is always going to be, be Freddy Krueger. I can't see anybody else effectively going in there and, and becoming him. Yeah. So if I had to had gun to my head, uh, Jeffrey D. Morgan, that's what I'm going with. Yeah. I remember a couple of years ago and, and, and I wasn't sure either. I was like, I don't know. I can't think of anybody. I really can't think of anybody that I think would work well for this. Um, but then as I was looking up a couple of different things, I, I came across this and I was like, you know what? I actually remember this from maybe like a year or two ago um, where somebody had mentioned Kevin Bacon. And I was like, huh, okay. And apparently Robert England was asked about that and he's like, yeah, no, I think he'd be great. And I, I don't know if that's one of those times where like somebody caught Robert England where he's not really thinking about what the question is. And they asked him like in the middle of a trade show or a <laughs> autograph signing or something like that. Um, but I'm thinking about it. I'm like, well, all right. I mean, I guess I could kind of see. Yeah, I, I, I could guess I could I could see him giving it a try. Like I'd, I'd want to see like a proof of concept kind of thing first, but um, I could kind of see it. Of course, you could, yeah. you, could, you could also have somebody kind of creepy. That oh, here's here's a here's a meta one. Um, you could have Johnny Depp do it. <laughs> that is, that is kind of kind of amusing. Uh, but but now that Johnny Depp is such a, a caricature in real life, right? right. I, I don't know. I mean, could, would would he would he give us a Captain Jack Sparrow, or would he would he give us um, Ichabod Crane, or yeah, you know. You're you're all my children now, savvy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or you know, I mean, he was you know we've seen him play a mass murderer and Sweeney yeah. Todd's, and he was actually pretty excellent in that. But yeah. uh, it's just yeah. all all of his his off screen problems, right. and uh, yeah, and and like you said, I mean, he he pops up in in this in Freddy's Dead for a moment, and then I was right. like, okay, okay they they just don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah. They absolutely could. You kill. He was one of the main characters in the first one. Yeah. 
That's the, his first movie was the first one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a hard time too. I had a hard time like just trying it. Cause I started to, I, I sat down with a piece of paper. I'm like, all right, I'm going to make a list. I'm going to have a whole bunch of people on here. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, I can't think of anyone that I just, nobody come, nobody really comes to mind. And then I started thinking like, okay, well who has played, who has played a creepy character in the past or like a child molester type character in the past? Um, one of the other ones, and, and and maybe maybe just because of, you know, I've seen a couple of the different movies where he really gets into his roles. Um, one of the other ones I thought of was Christian Bale, but then I'd be too worried that he'd use the Batman voice when trying to be Freddy. And then I was like, yeah, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Swear to me that you'll fall asleep. <laughs> no, no, we'll skip yeah. that. Yeah, I, I guess it, it it would probably be of a, a lesser known character actor. I mean, mm-hmm. it, I just I remember when I when I first saw a Nightmare on Elm Street, and my dad told me he was like, "Oh, you know who that guy is playing Freddy is?" Like, no, who? He was like Willie from V. I'm like, no way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you go back and watch watch V. I mean, he, and he's like the goofy but lovable alien, and. Yeah. Then it, you know, the first couple of Nightmare on Elm Street films, he's just really nasty, sinister guy. And yeah. I'm like, well, so you, I guess you probably need a, a struggling middling actor to, yeah. to come in and play that role. But yeah, I, I, I guess, I, you know, it's, it, it's hard to see anybody other than Robert Englund in the role. It really is. Right. All right. And then our final question of the three questions, um, because it features so prominently in the movie, um, what is your favorite eighties video game? <laughs> It's, it's, it's kind of what I, I guess a lot of people's was, but I, Super Mario three, Okay, that was, that was just an absolute game changer when that came out. I, and I remember all, all of my friends just like, you know, trying to figure out how to skip worlds and uh-huh. try to get the Tanuki suit and get, get the raccoon suit and get, you had to get all these, all these little tricks. And it, and it was like, you had to have the Nintendo power magazine to yep. figure out all the ways to beat this game. And it, it's still one of those games that I've I've gone back and tried playing on emulators, and it's just a pain. Now, if you were to ask me what was my most hated, but one that I would try to play all the time, it would be the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one. Oh yeah, that was absolutely ridiculously yeah. hard. But uh, probably my favorite, Super Mario Brothers three. Okay, okay. Yeah, I typically I would I'd go one of the Nintendo options mario 3 did you see did you see the wizard when that one came out yeah <laughs> that was i remember that being my first introduction to mario 3 and you know li- little kid going to see that movie and and mind being blown that this new mario game had been introduced in this movie and uh and then i watched it a few years ago i was like oh okay <laughs> it's a long boring commercial yep yep <laughs> um i think i i think i gotta go with the classic i gotta go with uh miss pac-man like oh, that, that's okay. always going to be i just grew up playing miss pac-man uh we had a we, we had a actually it wasn't uh it wasn't miss pac-man what was it called it was called Munchman. uh my dad worked for texas instruments so we had one of the old texas instruments okay. cartridge computers and uh so we play that all the time but anytime we'd go to 
we had a, a pizza place in uh, Mesquite, Texas, where I grew up, and they had one of the tabletop ones that was the yes. Galaga Miss Pac's Miss Pac-Man combo. And uh, every time we went there, my dad would hand me a couple of quarters and let me go play for a little bit. And um, and then in college, we had uh, I think somebody I don't remember if somebody had had pulled it up on an emulator or what it was, but we had a bunch of some of the old Atari games uh, set up in our dorm room, and that was the one that. That was the one that it was. There were a bunch of other games, but we always went back to Miss Pac-Man. So I, that's that's probably got to be my my standby favorite. So for, solid choice, solid choice. All right, well, that's gonna do it. So maybe Freddy's dead once and for all. No, he's not. He'll come back, but he'll come back in a much better movie. So, um, and that is I'm moving that up on my watch list. So that is because I have not, like I said, I have not watched New Nightmare. And I have heard you, you are now one more person in a line of people that have said, nope, it's things improved. It's a much better what, movie. It just, it will, it'll wash almost all of the bad taste out of your mouth. It won't scrub it from your brain completely, yeah. but you'll, you'll see what Wes Craven comes back and does with the character and says, okay, he's, he's still going to have a little bit of fun with Freddie, but he's bringing it way back to the darker tone and yeah. it's excellent. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, We have several great episodes coming up for the rest of this month and beyond. So if you are one of our Patreon co-executive producers, if you're not, you can head on over to our website and there is a link where you can find out more about how you can join us there on Patreon. Um, But we've got coming up probably within the next few days or so, um, Evil Dead from 1981. That episode will be out for Patreon subscribers. And then we've got for the rest of this month, Sleeping with the Enemy and The People Under the Stairs. Then, as we jump ahead towards November, uh, the theme for that month is Mind, Body, and Soul. And we've got our Patreon episode for that month is Favorite TV Shows of 1991. And then we're going to be talking about Defending Your Life, What About Bob, The Doors, and The Fisher King. And I've I've said this several times, I am really interested to see The Doors. uh, Watched it, I think I watched it a long time ago once and haven't seen it since then. I'm curious to see it again now after having watched the Val documentary. Um, I think that was on Amazon Prime. So I'm, I'm curious to now watch that again, knowing a few more things about Val Kilmer and, and kind of his process and some behind the scenes stuff. Um, and then December. December was the month I couldn't figure out a good theme to fit all these movies. So it's just called Leftovers. Because, um, you know, around about Christmas time, Thanksgiving time, you want to have your leftovers. So for that month, we've got Night on Earth. We've got The Giver. We've got my own private Idaho, we've got Homicide, and we've got City Slickers. Our Patreon for that month, uh, we actually have uh, Jason Colvin from the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast is going to be joining us. Um, He is one of the few people that I know that have never seen It's a Wonderful Life, so he's going to be talking It's a Wonderful... He's waiting until we get to that episode, and uh, he's going to watch it, and then we're going to talk about It's a Wonderful Life that came out in 1946, so that'll be our December Patreon for that. Um, but yeah, a lot of good movies. Looking forward to a lot of good movies here for the rest of the year. Um, we ju- actually just watched What About Bob um, a couple of nights ago with the family, um, like looking for looking for something to watch. And I was like, okay, well, we watched Ghostbusters the other day. Why don't we just stay on a little bit of a Bill Murray kick here and and, and we'll do uh, we'll do What About Bob. So we'll put that one on. And and uh, I have not seen that one in a long time. And it's still, you know, spoiler alert for that episode later in November. To me, it still holds up. No. It absolutely does. Yeah. 
and just and just fun to see because uh, I, I I guess it's it, it's been a while now, but I feel like it hasn't been that long since we did one of our Jaws uh, episodes where we looked back at, at Jaws on one of its anniversaries, and that's having watched Jaws not that long ago is probably the last time I had seen Richard Dreyfus in a movie before then going to What About Bob, and I'm like, <laughs> this is just fun. It's <laughs> yeah. just a lot of fun. So. All right. Well, in the meantime, you can head on over to our website if you want to find more of our past episodes. Uh, this one was episode number 376. So if you want to find our other 375 episodes that we've done, uh, as well as all the other links and uh, opportunities to review and Patreon and all that other stuff, 30podcast.com. And then don't forget to check out our sponsor and the rest of the shows in the Scene Stealers podcast network by heading over to scenestealersglobal.com. Um Rob, as always, thank you so much for coming on with me tonight. Um, I am looking forward to, uh, I think we're, we're going to have you back for the Patreon episode on Evil Dead. I know you're a fan of those movies, too. Absolutely. I, I cannot wait to, and this is the right word to use, too. I cannot wait to gush about those movies. Yeah, uh, I've. It, it, it pained me to have to come on and savage a series that I grew up loving. <laughs> but I'm going to make it all right by gushing about one that I absolutely love. Uh -huh. So, yep. Yep. All right. And I appreciate you guys having me on. I, I love this, this show. It, I look forward to it every week and I, it's, I feel blessed to actually come on as a guest and talk, talk movies with you. It's a oh, lot of fun. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. And we've had so much fun. You know, the, uh, we had you on for Adam's family. Uh, it was last year and we just had so much fun every time we've had you on. And, uh, you know, every people can't see this, but you've got your shelves behind you with all your different, uh, some of the different statues and some of the different horror stuff. And, uh, so every time I'm like looking on here, I'm like, is there some new stuff on there? Is there, a, Ooh, that, there that's is. cool. That's There's a couple. Cool. Okay. What's, oh, and you've got the Freddy Krueger, uh, uh, sweater and, and, uh, glove behind you too. So there we go. Yep. There we go. What's, uh, what's new on the shelf back there? Is there anything? There's a bust from Lucio Fulci's zombie. Oh, nice. That is that is about yay big. It's up there between Pinhead and Ash. Nice. Oh, I see it. Yeah. Oh, actually, Pinhead and Freddy. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Ash is on the other side. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Fighting off Freddy. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. Very cool. Uh, there's, there's a couple of little little things up there, but. Yeah. Anyways. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Everybody, be excellent to each other. I don't know. Let's see. It's, it's Halloween month. Should I still tell you to be excellent to each other? Yeah, why not? Be excellent to each other. Go haunt somebody's dreams and go watch some good movies and watch some scary movies. We'll see you back here next time.